You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison. The time has come for America to hear the truth. We are going to stand with them, and not only are we going to fight for their rights, but we're going to stand up for our rights here in our state, in our homes, and in our community. United States of America is not going to be decided in the courts. It's not going to be decided in Congress. It's not going to be decided on talk radio, and it sure is not going to be decided on Fox News. For the union makes us Good morning, Tennessee Valley. This is the Valley Labor Report, Alabama's only union talk radio show. It is Saturday, June 20th, 2020, and my name is Jacob Morrison, here with my co-host and fellow agitator, David Story. We're broadcasting live online and on the radio in the Huntsville, Decatur, Athens listening area from Athens, Alabama. Today, there is a Labor for Black Lives rally in Huntsville in Big Spring Park at 4 p.m. held by the North Alabama Area Labor Council. So what we're doing today is speaking, we're interviewing all of the speakers. We'll be bringing on Texas State Council of Machinists President Byron Williams, the Citizens Coalition for Criminal Justice Reform Liaison Angela Curry, the local Southern Christian Leadership Conference President and former co-chair of the Alabama Bernie Sanders campaign, Reverend Gregory Bentley, the President of the Huntsville-Madison County NAACP, Jerry Burnett, the Labor and Industry Chair of the Huntsville-Madison County NAACP, Reverend Robert Shankland, and finally, representing nearly one million federal employees, the National President of the American Federation of Government Employees, my own union, National President Reverend Everett Kelly, will be coming on. All this and more on today's Valley Labor Report. So folks, like I said, there's a Labor for Black Lives rally in Huntsville at 4 o'clock in Big Spring Park. I would encourage all of you to attend. It is going to be fantastic. All of those folks that I mentioned are going to be speaking at this rally. They're going to be speaking about the importance of standing in solidarity with our black and brown sisters and brothers. They're going to be speaking about the importance of the labor movement to working people generally and to people in marginalized communities and uh, speaking about their own personal experiences. Reverend Everett Kelly was the first black president at the AFGE local in Anniston Army Depot. And after he was elected, his house was shot into, urine was left on his front porch, and dead animals were left in his mailbox. This isn't the past. This is the present. We can't act like these problems are behind us. This is so important. And the murder of George Floyd in late May in Minneapolis has sparked a movement that many are calling, and I I would be inclined to agree, is unprecedented towards racial justice and equality in America. And it's so important that we get get, get on board with this, because there are so many problems that need to be addressed, especially police, okay? The and, and we can't, we have got to start talking about decreasing the size and scope of policing in America. We've got to talk about demilitarizing the police in America. 
These are not things that are tenable any longer. And people, people, you know, I talk to folks all the time, and they are so inclined to believe that there's just this is just one or two bad apples, and if we can get rid of them, the 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 whole thing is going to be solved. And that is just not the case. There is a culture that is that we have got to go at. Take this for example: the Minneapolis Police Union where George Floyd was murdered, they're still fighting for those four police officers' jobs. The whole country, almost, and and lots of police, actually, believe that these four officers were in the wrong, and their police union, that those folks in Minneapolis elected. This is not like an appointed police chief by the mayor. These are the people that the police in Minneapolis want to represent them, and those folks are still fighting for their jobs. The same thing is happening in Florida, in Brevard County. The Fraternal Order of Police there jokingly offered the Buffalo 57 and the Atlanta 6 jobs at their uh, uh, at their police precinct. The Buffalo 57 refers to 57 police officers in Buffalo who resigned from a special response team uh, in the Buffalo Police Department in protest of officers being disciplined for shoving a 75-year-old man to the ground and and, and and they were disciplined for it and 57 police officers resigned in protest of that. Not in protest of the actions that those officers took against a 75-year-old man but in protest of them being disciplined. The Atlanta Six refers to six police officers in Atlanta who were disciplined for, um, uh, for excessive use of force against protesters. <clears throat> and these are, again, this, the Fraternal Order of Police, that is the elected representation of those police officers uh, in Brevard County, Florida. And if you don't think that's here in Huntsville, I would encourage you to go and look at the police chief's response to the protest at the city council meeting on Thursday. He said that uh, to, to justify his uh, uh, violent attacks on protesters here in Huntsville, uh, ripping open the legs of people that were there with rubber bullets, tear gassing peaceful protesters, <clears throat> he, he, he doubled down on the fact that there was an Antifa threat. And one of the people that he said was an Antifa social media influencer and this, like, this is one of the people that he, he showcased at the thing, at, at, the, at the city council meeting on Thursday night. This is one of the people that he was talking about. And, 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 and so presumably, this is one of the worst offenses because he wants to make the best case that he can, right? That there's a real Antifa threat, that there was really going to be violence at the protests, that there, there was a real, like, oh, man, there's some terrorists here. This man that they showcased they used a 4-year-old photo of him in a mohawk to make him look to make him look more scary and they said he was an antifa social media influencer he had 300 friends on facebook i've got 700 and he had 6 followers on twitter i've got 100 so what if if he's an influencer what in the world does that make me this it's insane it's in i mean the, the, the links that they're going to justify violence, to justify repression, is just, it, it, it is, we, we can't allow it. And so, 
uh, Andrew Cuomo up in New York has has encouraged people there to uh, uh, to stop protesting. Say we've heard you. We're working towards solutions. Just stop protesting. You know what that means? Stay on the streets. Stay on the streets. Keep them uncomfortable. They want you to go back inside. They want you to get complacent. They want you to forget that all of this has ever happened. And they want things to go back to normal. They want things for their business donors to go back to normal. And the only way that things are going to change is if things don't go back to normal for their donors. If things don't go back to normal for the people bankrolling their campaigns and their careers. We've got to stay on the streets. We've got to keep up the pressure so that things can actually change. So that we can make life better for our brothers and sisters in this country. This is an incredibly important issue, and so uh, uh, and it's it's important for the labor movement to communicate our solidarity with this uh, uh, with this movement. And I'm on the labor council here in the area, and one of the um, the a big impetus for this was the destruction uh, that happened at the AFL-CIO headquarters in D.C. Uh, uh, during uh, some of the first rounds of the protests, that was one of the properties that was damaged in D.C. And the president of the Sioux Falls Labor Federation in South Dakota had the best response that I have seen to that uh, damage. He said that it hurt him deeply that the people that did that did not recognize the AFL-CIO headquarters as the headquarters of a movement that fights for them. And secondly, and most importantly, that that's our fault. And so our labor council here don't want to give, we don't want to give anybody the excuse that they don't know that the labor movement is a movement that fights for them. We don't want anybody in this area to believe that the labor movement is a movement that is going to stand on the sidelines where there, while there are important conversations uh, happening regarding the working class. And so we're holding this rally. We have got local, state, and national labor leaders, local and community coalition partners to address these issues and talk about the path forward and talk about the history. And, and it's incredibly important. There, uh, I, think, I think that this is going to be a very good event. I think that people will be educated. I think that uh, we'll be enlightened on the path forward. Um, and so I, I'm incredibly excited about it, and I'm excited about the prospects of, of the labor movement playing an active role in these conversations uh, moving forward in North Alabama. You know, we do a very good job in the labor movement of teaching, bringing people in, building solidarity, and teaching racial, social, economic justice uh, in, in our organizations. Uh, we, we are some of the best – in the nation at doing that what we're the worst at is going out to the community and bringing them in and telling them the same thing and that's kind of why mm -hmm. we do this radio station now and, and it's just like you said just like the brother up in uh, sioux falls said we've we've got to reach out to the community and not just tell them but but provide action mm -hmm. with the community so they know they don't just hear so they know that we're there to help them every step of the way. That's exactly right. Um, 
and I, I'm I'm so proud to be a part of a council that that feels the same way yeah. Uh, yeah. as we do. So proud to be a part of an organization that represents thousands of working people in North Alabama that believe that um, that the labor movement cannot be on the sidelines anymore and that we have to play an active role in the shaping of our community moving forward. Um, I mean, for... Um, and, and it's important for us as Alabamians, knowing our history, mm-hmm. I think it's very important for us you know, I, I mean, I know I'm a, as old as a dinosaur, according to you, but <laughs> I come up during those times of right. of uh, civil unrest. I, I, in third grade, I seen what integration looked like, and guess what? Mm-hmm. It didn't change anything for me. Whenever mm-hmm. the teachers come in that morning and say, we're going to have some new kids in, in class this morning, they're not going to look like you, but they're just like you. Mm-hmm. We all looked at each other. It wasn't a big deal. I didn't. I didn't. I, I, after it was all said and done, I was like, well, I don't know why they're making you know the big right. deal out of this. Because kids recognize they don't see color; mm-hmm. they just see friends. But right. it's, in Alabama, it's especially important right now for us to take a stand with mm-hmm. uh, with all people that's been oppressed. Yes, that that's exactly right. Not I have. Um, I mean, obviously, it's nowhere near the same. But when I was in second or third grade, I read a book called The Land about a person that was. Uh, um, this was a historical fiction about a person who was the son of a slave owner and a slave, and he was white passing, and um, he was he was you know treated horribly. And I remember you know second grade. What? How old are you? Seven or eight years old? I just that was the most a book had ever impacted me at that time, thinking about how, uh, you know, why would they do this? He's just, you know, he's just black. Like, what's what's the deal? And, and we have got to take that, we have got to take that energy that we feel whenever we see somebody being done wrong and make sure that we apply it in our lives, in our communities, because there are people that are being done wrong today. And we've got to fight that. This is the Valley Labor Report. Stay tuned. We'll be talking to Texas State Council of Machinist President Byron Williams. You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison. The attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years, providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time, but the attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtandj.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms. All workers deserve fair wages, affordable health care, and a retirement plan that enables them to retire with dignity. All workers deserve to have a say about the terms and conditions of their employment, not just the bosses. With the machinist unions, over 600,000 members having our back, Local Lodge 44 in Decatur, Alabama has been serving workers' interests for over 20 years. Our members have the best health insurance in the area with zero deductible plans. We set the bar for pay in the area with over $40 an hour rates, consistently averaging the highest non-college degree jobs in North Alabama with some of the best retirement plans in the industry. 
We can do the same for you. Together, we remain united, raising our voices to ensure justice on the job and service to the community. The Machinist Union is a true Southern Union founded in Atlanta in 1888. We have been serving members' needs for 132 years. The longevity of our union proves our dedication and loyalty to the working class. The Machinist Union isn't just for machinists. We represent workers in government, health care, auto workers, aerospace workers, transportation workers, the defense industry, and woodworking. Our members even build the iconic Harley-Davidson motorcycles. If you're ready to get serious about better benefits and wages, if you want to have a voice in your workplace with over 600,000 members to back you up, call or email us today at 256-286-3704 or organize at iamaw44.org. Here in Huntsville, federal employees are an invaluable part of the nation's defense, offering unmatched expertise in engineering and technology and as stewards of taxpayer dollars. What we ask for in return is to be treated with fairness, dignity, and respect. The American Federation of Government Employees, AFGE Local 1858, is a union of working people looking out for each other, making sure that we're treated right. To inquire about joining or to learn more, call 256-876-4880. Hey y'all, are you tired of hearing that the South is just a bunch of racist rednecks? Well, tune in to Dixieland of the Proletariat podcast. We talk about Southern working class history and current events through a leftist perspective. Join Nelson, Senior Telecommunications Director Tommy, Comrade Kate, former pig farmer Tyler, and Brother William, wherever you stream your podcast. And good Lord willing, the creek don't rise. We'll see y'all next time. It's Dixieland of the Proletariat, y'all. WVNN. All right, welcome back to the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison. I was just making fun of Jacob for that intro music that he has uh, picked I out. I can't believe you never heard Bella Chow. Oh. I, man. That, hey, you know what, Pop? Jacob's saying, go, go ahead, let yeah. lay it out there. Uh, it's kind of relevant. That was a incredibly popular... Uh, anti-fascist song in World War II uh, against Mussolini. That's what that was talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm the old guy here. Yeah. Well, all right. Hey, hey, we, we appreciate y'all listening in today. Uh, in the studio with us, we have a, a, a brother of mine that has traveled many, many hours and many, many miles to be here with us today on uh, what I hope will be a monumental event uh, with, the, with the North Alabama Labor Council. Uh, welcome in, Brother Byron Williams. Good morning. Good morning, brother. I cannot, you know, I talked to you outside for a little bit. I cannot thank you enough uh, for traveling the distance that you did uh, to be here with us today and to speak truth to power. How, how far, how, you and your wife came, correct? Yes, sir. Uh, about 13 hours. Uh, I appreciate, first and foremost, the opportunity to uh, come out uh, and be with y'all today in this very important event uh, to give awareness to the community and speak to the injustices that's going on in this country at this time. So it is uh, my pleasure and humbly I need to be here. And uh, uh, when asked from our international to be a part of this, it was uh, no second thought. So. And I got a chance to uh, travel some of this beautiful country to uh, come up and be with us today. It is gorgeous. It is gorgeous. And I and, it, and we would be remiss if we did not uh, give thanks to uh, International President Brother Bob Martinez, uh, our Vice President Ricky Wallace, uh, 
sister uh I, there's so many people that were involved in bringing you out that every time that i over the past month reached out to somebody your name kept coming up your name i mean it was just it was just constant so although i've never met you before uh we're fellow brothers in the union but just the amount of respect that the rest of that of our union had for you really speaks to to the work that you've done over there in Houston. Uh, I, I appreciate it. I, I thank um, all those that you've mentioned. Uh, they, I consider we, we use the vernacular all the time, brothers and sisters, but they're they're really like family. They're mentors to me. Uh, Sister Cervantes, Brother Wallace, our international president, uh, Sister Ronda Rogers in our human rights department, uh, communication. I, we, we travel all over this uh, country trying to do for our union members and be a collective voice for labor. And I've had the pleasure and honor of meeting a lot of brothers and sisters and mentors and family. So uh, it's, it's really uh, inspiring to be a part of something uh, that we do to try to be a voice for uh, the community and the, the, the voiceless. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Dignity on job and service to the community really speaks uh, volumes and it, our our union and I've been a, I've been a union member since I was sixteen, uh, and been a member of many different unions and all great doing great work. But I I really and and this is not to put down any other union, but I really feel at home in the machinist union. Absolutely, the amount of training that they give up at W uh, three at the Whipping Singer, uh, Brother Edmundo Osorio. Uh, just the the list goes on and on. The the work that they do to bring all of us together and make people realize we're all one class that we're all we all should stand in support of each other. I just feel like man, we we are really blessed to be a part of the union that we are. Amen to that. So so tell us a little bit about what you're doing over there in Houston because I think you you represent a lot of workers. Uh, all across the state and speak to us about what you do over there your your ins and outs and kind of uh, what your daily responsibilities is I would like most uh, in the labor movement we wear multiple hats I uh, I'm a president and director of uh, uh, District Lodge 37 of the IM and that uh, that's inclusive of about 25 contracts in the Houston surrounding area that I I uh, oversee on a day-to-day basis as far as, you know, contracts, renegotiations, grievances, et cetera. Uh, I also uh, have the privilege of being uh, the first black elected uh, state council president of the machinists for the state of Texas, uh, which is a different hat, but just as important being able to be the political arm for the machinists in the state of Texas, which allows us to uh, peel back the layers of what our members need from a, a voting perspective, uh, getting to talk to a lot of legislators and, and look at the impact of what we need to do uh, and how we move forward uh, being a part of that process. Because uh, with all the rhetoric and unrest that's going on in the White House, uh, we, we need to have that voice. We need to educate our members, the working families, to know what they're impacting. We can't no longer just 
vote a certain way. We can't no longer just be the status quo. We have to, we have to look at what's impacting us because uh, there's a lot of unrest out there, uh, but we can't lose focus that voting is important. Uh, to be a part of the process, we have to be a part of the process. To make a difference, we have to be a part of that difference. So being from uh, that aspect, being the chair of that, that's very important to me. Uh, I have a lot of friends that uh, in the legislations that speak to me and call me on a regular basis to check and see how labor's doing. And that's what, I think that's what's important. We, we want legislators to make sure, and I, I appreciate Jacob bringing me out because I know in his, uh, his talk earlier, we have to be a voice at the table. Uh, we need to know what the community and the outreach of what we need to do, and that's what labor's about. We need to know what the community needs so we can be that voice. We gotta be that voice at the table, and that's, that's what's important, and that's what's uh, dear to me being part of the uh, state council. Yeah, and the, and, the, and the labor movement brings all people together. It's solidarity collectively to have that voice. And I think that what you're saying is important. I think, you know, the fact that uh, we got about 20 seconds here, but the fact that you're the first black elected black president of the Texas State Council speaks volumes about where where the labor movement has moved in the South. I wish I wish we could say that for ours, but I, I hope we're going to make some progress on that very, very soon. And uh it was a shame that we had to bring somebody in from Houston, Texas, but I'm honored that you are here. We, You are going to be at the rally today uh, speaking, to, speaking to the folks out there. Everybody that's out listening to this show today, please come out and support the North Alabama Labor Council. Huntsville's number one news, talk, and weather station. WVNN FM, WVNN FM Trinity, a cumulus station. Ours are the first generations to feel the effects of climate change and the last to be able to do anything about it. The window to meet this historic challenge is closing. We're already losing our lives and livelihoods. Millions have already been impacted by climate change. We can passively accept this fate or we can join together and take back our power. If we so choose, our best days are ahead. We have a legacy of coming together to face crises that threaten the very ideals of our nation, from the horrors of slavery to the depths of the Great Depression, from the spread of fascism during World War II to the rise of Jim Crow. We have overcome before and we have the power to do it again. Let's end the climate crisis by igniting a transformational new era where the government works for the common good. Go to arminarmforclimate.org that's arm in arm, the number four, climate.org, to learn more. All workers deserve fair wages, affordable health care, and a retirement plan that enables them to retire with dignity. All workers deserve to have a say about the terms and conditions of their employment, not just the bosses. With the machinist unions, over 600,000 members having our back, Local Lodge 44 in Decatur, Alabama has been serving workers' interests for over 20 years. Our members have the best health insurance in the area with zero deductible plans. We set the bar for pay in the area with over $40 an hour rates, consistently averaging the highest non-college degree jobs in North Alabama with some of the best retirement plans in the industry. We can do the same for you. Together, we remain united, raising our voices to ensure justice on the job and service in the community. The Machinist Union is a true Southern Union founded in Atlanta in 1888 
We've been serving members' needs for 132 years. The longevity of our union proves our dedication and loyalty to the working class. The Machinist Union isn't just for machinists. We represent workers in government, health care, auto workers, aerospace workers, transportation workers, the defense industry, and woodworking. Our members even build the iconic Harley-Davidson motorcycles. If you're ready to get serious about better benefits and wages, if you want to have a voice in your workplace with over 600,000 members to back you up, call or email us today at 256-286-3704 or organize at iamaw44.org. Good morning, Tennessee Valley. This is Jacob Morrison. You're listening to the Valley Labor Report. I've got my co-host here with me, David Story. And we also have in the studio Angela Curry. She is the liaison for the local Citizens Coalition for Criminal Justice Reform. And they have a list of 10 demands that they have communicated with the Huntsville Police Department, the Huntsville City Council, and the mayor's office. And um, and so uh, she's going to be talking to us about that. And I, I'm just, I'm so glad that you were able to come in and talk to us about this. I'm so glad that you, you've been able to take the initiative to create this Citizens Coalition. I remember reading something about why you said you did this. You, you said you wanted to do, <clears throat> you wanted to do something and you wanted to do something constructive and that is so that's so important that's so valuable we've got to have folks out there just adding bodies uh adding support for the movement but we actually we do have to have people at the table with these city leaders that are going to be actually writing the language, constructing and negotiating the way forward. And so you have done that. You have worked with other groups in the city to, to do that. And uh, I'm so thankful for that work. So if you could just tell us a little bit about the formation of the coalition and the 10 demands that y'all have. Okay, thank you for having me this morning. I appreciate the platform to be able to share this information with the public, so I appreciate you allowing us to be here. The coalition, um, because of COVID and just previous uh, lack of, of satisfaction from going to protest, I had not gone to any of the protests in the city, but yet I was um, like meditating, praying, pondering, what can I do to make uh, lasting change for when after the protests are over. What I noticed is that people were protesting who had never protested before. The groups were getting larger. And I thought, well, nobody is capturing all of these individuals in one space. So people are going to go back to their bubbles, and then we will have continue to have what we have. So I began to talk to various people, uh, organization leaders, and I, begin, I had already been talking to citizens about criminal justice reform, but expanded that conversation, came up with a global list from the individuals that I spoke with, and then worked with organizational leaders to narrow that list down to 10 initial requests. Because what I had noticed also was that the local government had, had not stated that there was a need to look into the criminal justice system here locally mm -hmm. to look at police reform or anything of that nature. So we will be going to them basically extending an olive branch to say, hey, citizens would like to start some reforms on the local level um, versus waiting on the federal laws to right. trickle down. And so we are asking for these 10 things. 
And that's kind of how the list came up. We chose the 10 right. most simple, seem common sense, straightforward mm-hmm. requests. So I don't know if you want me to read this. Yeah, if okay. you, yeah, if you could. A lot of folks, you know, they, they hear 10 demands and they're going to say, well, what in the world are they? I don't know if I support them. So and right. I, I've heard them multiple times and they're all, like you said, simple, straightforward. You could do, I, I think, probably all of these things like tomorrow if you had people that were really motivated to do it. So, yeah, just uh, go ahead and, and walk us through it. Okay, so as residents, this is our, as residents of our city, county, and country, and as a show of good faith and commitment toward criminal justice reform by our elected officials, from this day and the many days to come, we expect the following to be implemented. One, make public online all standard operating procedures and use of force policies so that citizens and officers are equally informed as to how citizens and police interaction contact should go. Two, mandate annual training on agency SOP and use of force policies for officers as part of their required annual Alabama Peace Officer Standards and Training Commission continuing education and publicly archive the completion certificates. Number three, publicly explain the hiring process as it pertains to screening candidates for racial bias. Does the current psychological screening make considerations for screening candidates for racial bias and discriminatory tendencies? Four, publicly provide crime mapping data from each agency in Madison County on their respective agency webpages. Five, publicly provide officer complaint information from each agency in Madison County on their respective agency webpages to include nature of complaint and disposition. This includes posting how a citizen goes about filing a complaint and what is needed and where to go to submit complaints. Six, recommend public explanation from which from each agency in Madison County as to the agency procedures for handling officers who are discovered to have exhibited racial bias or discriminatory tendencies. Seven, recommend a third-party panel consisting of members of the community to review agency SOPs for evidence of bias and over-policing. Report those findings to the public. Eight, recommend a diverse citizen complaint review board comprised of members of the african-american hispanic asian and a caucasian communities to review citizen complaints and allow this panel to make sop rooted disciplinary recommendations to the mayor city council and agency executives nine ensure 100 percent transparency process for releasing law enforcement body camera footage to the public and 10 respond to the Tennessee Valley Progressive Alliance communication regarding the decriminalization of marijuana. See, and those are, these, none of these are like radical things. These are things that should have been done yesterday. Correct. These are, and so, you know, I mean, I don't know, the fact that the city is even like the, the, it would have been an, an incredible show of goodwill if the city, if the city council president and the mayor, uh, Devin Keith and, and Tommy Battle, if they had just took them and said, yes, we will do all of these things right now. I mean, it would have been an incredible show of goodwill um, because, you, I mean, you heard them. None of it, it was just, we want accountability, we want transparency, and um, and we... Yeah, accountability, transparency, and then just to respond to the uh, request to decriminalize marijuana in the area. And that one is is particularly important because if I remember correctly, Madison County and Huntsville arrest um, people and uh, black folks specifically 
more for marijuana possession than any other place in the state. Is that right? Yeah. Um, I don't know about in the state, but I know that there are studies that were sent in addition to the the correspondence from Tennessee Valley Progressive Alliance. And the reason we added that one is because the it, communication was sent back in February. Right. There's been a news article produced with the data included, mm-hmm. and the no one has responded to the right. organization. So these are everyday citizens. So where is that community-oriented right. police, uh, law enforcement agency, or local leaders if we're not responding to groups of people who want mm-hmm. to discuss certain matters? That that's you know it's incredibly important, like you said, to center the community in the way that we govern. Um, and, and, and we can look at the city council uh, session last Thursday. The police were given four hours a PowerPoint and undivided reverential center of attention respect that the community was simply not given. The community was given two or three minutes to speak as an individual. They were immediately cut off the second that their time was over. I mean, you were made to feel like strangers in the halls that ostensibly derived their power from your consent. And the police, who is supposed to be our servants, the police were given, you know, all this time to... And, and you know, of course, we're not going to... Um, we're not going to see that kind of respect in, in the halls of power in this city, uh, or we haven't yet. And that's a, I mean, that's a shame. We hope that um, that based on the comments that the city council president and some others that have stated that there will be further opportunities for the community to discuss mm-hmm. and have that four hours as the right. Huntsville Police Department okay, did. Well, good. So we we still have some concerns about the mm-hmm. lack of insight that took place. Um, but we are we are grateful for the opportunity to continue to discuss this and move forward to come to some sort of um, concrete resolution as to what occurred. Okay. And uh, one of the things I want to hit on is the creation of a, a citizens review board or, or something something like that for the police. And now we have a citizens advisory council, right. but half of that or something like half of that is appointed by the police, and they have no power, absolutely no power, uh, to discipline the police. And so it's important for accountability and for transparency that this body be given uh, real power uh, over the police department. So, Angela, thank you so much for coming on. We look forward to hearing from you at the rally at 4 p.m. in Big Spring Park. Uh, Thanks for the work that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison. The attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years, providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time, but the attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtandj.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms. Public schools are critical to the success of communities and democracy. Now more than ever, 
our educators and school support staff are going above and beyond to support our students and families. We at the Alabama Education Association are proud to represent the hardworking employees of our public schools and colleges. Thank you for all of your love and dedication to Alabama students. Please take care and stay safe. Ours are the first generations to feel the effects of climate change and the last to be able to do anything about it. The window to meet this historic challenge is closing. We're already losing our lives and livelihoods. Millions have already been impacted by climate change. We can passively accept this fate or we can join together and take back our power. If we so choose, our best days are ahead. We have a legacy of coming together to face crises that threaten the very ideals of our nation, from the horrors of slavery to the depths of the Great Depression, from the spread of fascism during World War II to the rise of Jim Crow, we have overcome before and we have the power to do it again. Let's end the climate crisis by igniting a transformational new era where the government works for the common good. Go to arminarmforclimate.org. That's arm in arm, the number four, climate.org to learn more. The Valley Labor Report is also supported by listeners like you. If you value the work that we are doing, injecting a different perspective into talk radio, and you have the means, consider signing up for a monthly donation on patreon.com slash the Valley Labor Report. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash the Valley Labor Report to support our work and keep us on the air. Hey, y'all. Are you tired of hearing that the South is just a bunch of racist rednecks? Well, tune in to Dixieland of the Proletariat podcast. We talk about Southern working class history and current events through a leftist perspective. Join Nelson, Senior Telecommunications Director Tommy, Comrade Kate, former pig farmer Tyler, and Brother William, wherever you stream your podcast. And good Lord willing, the creek don't rise. We'll see y'all next time. It's Dixieland of the Proletariat, y'all. 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. Depend on it. My name is Jacob Morrison here with my co-host David Story. In the studio with us we have the Reverend Gregory Bentley. He is the local president for the Southern Christian Leadership Conference here in the area. He was the former co-chair of the Alabama Bernie Sanders campaign. He was originally going to give our our, our, uh, closing prayer at the rally tonight. He is running for election in in the Presbyterian Church USA. uh, and the election was supposed to be last night, so he was going to be able to come, but it was postponed to tonight. So he has to be there, and we completely understand. We want folks that have um, that have powerful convictions and and uh, good moral standing to, to be in you know positions of power in our in our churches and in our uh, communities and in our government and in our unions. And so we completely support that and understand uh, that he won't be able to be be there tonight. But he is still an important voice in the community. I mean, like I said, he was a co-chair of the Alabama Bernie Sanders campaign. He's the president of the local SCLC. Um, though, uh, those are incredibly important um, organizations and movements. And and so uh, we wanted to bring him on to talk about um, talk about the work that he's been doing and and just let him speak on uh, you know the current national conversation. So, uh, brother, I appreciate you coming in. Good to be here. Yeah, if you can. yeah, good to be here. Thank you, thank you. So, um, so yeah, can can you just tell tell us about your work and and um, uh, you know what what are your thoughts of going you know of the the past few weeks and and moving forward? 
Well, um, you know, I'm just a servant of the people, you know, uh, just trying to uh, leave this world better than I found it. Um, I think what we see here in America now is, uh, is you know, the past is prologue. We have not uh, dealt uh, uh, adequately uh, with the fundamental injustice that, had, that gives rise and keeps giving rise to these type of flare-ups. Uh, and, and that injustice is fundamentally uh, rooted in the exploitation of labor. Labor. That's what slavery is. <laughs> it's the exploitation of labor. So when you have 250 years of free labor, you know, you have to account for that. Mm-hmm. Are you with me? And then, uh, I mean, in our society, even when you're, quote, quasi-free, you're still being exploited. Mm-hmm. That's why you need unions, you right. know, to make sure that uh, the value of what is produced is not just returned to shareholders, but is returned to the people who actually make it. And that's the workers, right? right? So, uh, 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 you know, unions are absolutely, absolutely indispensable, indispensable, especially in, uh, I feel an echo in my ear here. Get this right here. Uh, unions are uh, absolutely indispensable in a capitalistic society because the goal of a firm is to return value to the shareholder. And how do you do that? By mm-hmm. fundamentally by exploiting labor. Yeah. Right. Uh, so 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 labor has to organize itself for collective bargaining to make sure that they get. Um, uh, uh, enough to 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 keep uh, you know two chickens in the pot and a and a roof over their head and clothes uh, on their back. So uh, I'm glad to see how uh, labor is being uh, uh, reinfused uh, with some new energy and new life mm-hmm. uh, in this day and time. Yes, sir. We believe that that is um, incredibly important. I'm, I'm incredibly, like I said in my opening, I'm incredibly proud to be to to have brothers and sisters in the labor movement here that uh, believe that it's time for organized labor to um, to stop sitting around. Our labor council, or we have not had a labor council here since 2007, and um, and before that, it was incredibly inactive. So we're looking at here in North Alabama. Looking at here in North Alabama, in, in the biggest, uh, the, the the fastest growing city in the state, uh, soon to be the biggest city city in the state. Yeah. We have gone yeah. near two decades with no voice from the labor movement on any issue, on any issue, racial justice, economic justice, climate justice, nothing. The labor movement has not been at the center of the conversation, and that is where we ought to be. We represent thousands of working people and uh, directly and indirectly tens of thousands more because everybody um, benefits from unions in the area. And, and so we have got and, and so we have got to and we have um, taken initiative to uh, no longer allow that to be the case. We are determined to make the labor movement a force to be heard in North Alabama. And, um, and, and we are determined to create strong uh, community coalition partners moving forward to, uh, to shape the society that, that we're going to live in. And, um, 
And so it's so important that we not let our community believe that we're standing on the sidelines, that we don't care about them, that we don't care about these issues like Black Lives Matter. We don't care about these issues like um, uh, uh, like what's been happening in the country. And so uh, you know, I'm proud. I'm proud to say that that we're uh, you know we're not being silent anymore, and that we're on the side of working people and our black and brown brothers and sisters. Well, that, that's good to hear because one of the things we have to learn from the past. Uh, and that is not to fall for the okie doke again. Uh, you go all the way back to Shays Rebellion, uh, uh, when you had this cross section of working people who mm-hmm. who, who, who band together uh, to to because they knew who their enemy was. Right. And what what happened to the labor movement yes, was here you have a guy with a thousand cookies uh, telling somebody who only has one cookie that. Uh, this guy who has no cookies is your mm-hmm. enemy. It, it, see, right. we, we can't fall for that again. You right. know that 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 that's the only way the labor movement is going to be able to uh, sustain itself. To realize that you can't defeat racism with racism. You have to defeat racism with solidarity. Right. Right. So uh, uh, workers have more in common, whether they be black, white, brown, red, whatever color, than uh, they have. Uh, uh, in differences, mm-hmm. and and because we all need certain things, we need roof overhead, shoes on feet, food on table, and and so we we have to learn from the past and not make the mistakes of the past of allowing uh, uh, allowing boss man to uh, uh, to separate us again and, and and demand our fair share of what workers produce. That's exactly right, and people do that not only with. Um, black and white folks, but they do that with immigrant and citizen. They right. they tell you that uh, you know immigrants are the reason that you have low wages, that they're the reason that you're being exploited, and that's just simply that's simply not true. We can look at we can look at the facts, we can look at the statistics, and uh, the reality is that uh, the reason that your wages are low, the reason that your working conditions are bad, is not because of our immigrant brothers and sisters. It is because of the boss choosing to pay you less. I mean, and it's just intuitive. Who is the one that's writing your check? It's not the immigrant that's working on the chicken plant. Right. It's not him. He's not the one that's choosing your wage. Right. Uh, he's not the one that's choosing your wage. It's the boss man. And the boss man is deciding of his own accord and uh, uh, specifically and purposeful, purposely dividing and exploiting uh, immigrants and citizens and black and white and brown folks to get the lowest wage possible, to pay people the least for their labor and extract as much surplus value as they can off of our backs. And then, after they do that, they fund all these propaganda efforts to make us fear our immigrant brothers and sisters. Right, they right. fuel all these um, nationalist and uh, um, nativist propaganda campaigns to, to, to make us to, to divide us so yeah. that we that they want us angry at the people to our left or to our right or that are below us so that we never look up at the source of our problem and it's important that we actually look up because that is the source of our problem and that is how we will address the uh, um, the problems that we face that's how we will create a better future is by looking up and addressing the problem where it actually lies well, like I said before, uh, I, I, I agree with everything you said, Jacob. Uh, my, my, my hope and prayer is that the labor movement would not fall prey to the mistakes of the past and really strive and be intentional about having solidarity and see who your real enemies are. 
uh, and your real enemy can't be somebody who's trying to make it just like you are. And th- that's that's your comrade. That's really mm-hmm. the person you need to be in relationship with because y'all need the same things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if we can uh, get over that hurdle, I think you'll see a real uh, uh, a real uh, renaissance in in, mm-hmm. in the in the labor movement. In this, and I'm very hopeful about it. And not just here, but worldwide. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You know, you mentioned that we can't fall for that trap again. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. many parts of the labor movement have fallen for that trap. They have mm-hmm. fallen for the xenophobic nativist uh, propaganda mm-hmm. and encouraged immigration restrictions and uh, punitive measures for immigrants in the past. And we are moving past that, I believe. And, and I believe more people are coming to the realization that, that all workers are... Um, uh, uh, we all have it in common. So thank you so much, for uh, Brother Bentley, for coming by. I appreciate your voice. Glad to uh, be here. Looking yes, forward sir. to working with you. All right. Y'all have a good one. All right. You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story. This is News Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. The attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time, but the attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtandj.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms. Hometown Action is concerned Alabama's small towns and rural communities increasingly are coming under attack by corporate interests that run local shops out of businesses, shutter our rural hospitals, and pollute our rivers, providing only unstable poverty wage jobs with no health insurance. We know workers and local residents understand the best solution to local problems. Together, we can build the multiracial, working-class power we need to take back our communities. Please join us online at www.hometownaction.org. Thanks for standing with workers, supporting Valley Labor Talk. Public schools are critical to the success of communities and democracy. Now more than ever, our educators and school support staff are going above and beyond to support our students and families. We at the Alabama Education Association are proud to represent the hardworking employees of our public schools and colleges. Thank you for all of your love and dedication to Alabama's students. Please take care and stay safe. The Valley Labor Report is also supported by listeners like you. If you value the work that we are doing, injecting a different perspective into talk radio, and you have the means, consider signing up for a monthly donation on patreon.com slash thevalleylaborreport. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash thevalleylaborreport to support our work and keep us on the air. The attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years, providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. 
When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time, but the attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtandj.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms. WVNN. Depend on it. In the studio with us, we still have Reverend Gregory Bentley. And so you were talking about um, uh, uh, you were talking about um, Fred Hampton and his call to fight racism with solidarity not with more racism and so i i i want to let you talk about uh, some some of what you were talking about during the break if you would yes uh fred hampton was uh 21 years old when he became uh, chairman of the chicago chapter of the black panther party and uh he helped uh organize the, the uh the young lords which was a hispanic group and also the young patriots uh which uh we have uh, uh one of the original young patriots here with us uh who is who very much still has his hands in the soil high thurman here mm -hmm. in north alabama but anyway uh when they called uh, uh fred hampton over uh to uh, meet with them he goes over and then a lot of these were immigrants from the south that come from the south and from appalachia and they they brought southern culture with them which included confederate flags mm -hmm. so when some of the panthers saw that <laughs> it was like man what is this you know we out of here but fred said no no uh, that they don't need ostracism uh, they need education right. and he engaged them he, 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 he started building relationships with them and over time they saw hey this is not our enemy mm -hmm. this is our brother and we need to be working together to get the common things that we need look nobody's trying to do kumbaya let's recognize that what we need the common things that we need uh, and at the end of the day if we can agree on what we need and work together around that we don't have to be buddy buddy we don't have to be mm -hmm. friends but we have to work together to get what we need because we have a common enemy right. uh, you know uh, this is not about touchy-feely this is about survival mm -hmm. this is about uh, us getting what we deserve as workers in this country right. uh, uh, because you know you know we look at this pandemic why you why do you think they were in a rush to get people back to work why because Jeff Bezos doesn't produce that wealth the workers do right that's right. why they're trying yeah. to get you back to work mm -hmm. and so that right there should have been a telltale sign of who really produces value uh, in this society yeah <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, you mentioned uh, um, Fred Hampton of the Black Panther Party, and so some folks listening may think, "Now that's a real radical, that's a criminal terrorist organization." And now I want you to, to I want you to kind of sit in that feeling for a second, and then go back to the time that the Black Panther Party was formed. They were formed during segregation. They were formed when black folks were legally. Uh, th they were legally kept separate. They were um, kept down by the state. And I bet if you're thinking that the Black Panthers is a criminal terrorist organization, I bet you also believe that the Second Amendment is important and that the Second Amendment is important because of uh, the right to bear arms against a tyrannical government. And so if you believe that, you ought to have a picture of Fred Hampton up on your wall because they armed themselves in self-defense, not uh, not in offensive measures. 
It's just very right. important to remember right. that. The Black Panthers did very good work. No doubt, no doubt. There's a lot of education that needs to take place, mm-hmm. and because we've all been miseducated and intentionally so. To keep, oh yeah, this is it's just an old divide and conquer uh, tactic, uh, which we we have to get over. Uh, we 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 have to, uh, or else we'll be repeating this. We'll be on this treadmill mm-hmm. over and over and over again. If we can learn from the mistakes of the past, I, I believe that we can really see an explosion of creative activity and good. Work uh, by unions, not just to happen here, but but uh, but globally. Yes, yes, yeah. I, and and that's you know that's where uh, you know the labor movement in its purest form is global. Right. The thing is, workers of the world unite. It's not right. workers of Alabama unite. Right. It's not workers of the South unite. It's not even workers of America. Workers of the world. You have so much more in common with the people in Bangladesh or Honduras or uh, South Africa or China, the the workers of the world, you have so much more in common with them than you will ever have with Bill Gates, with Elon Musk, right. with Jeff Bezos. Right. Have almost nothing in common with them. Right, right. Well, one, you know, I, I would uh, um, urge anybody uh, who's interested in, in labor matters to read uh, General Smetley Butler. Uh, he was commandant of the United States uh, Marine Corps. And General Butler, and there's a camp named after him, Camp uh, Smetley Butler. And uh, he said that, you know, I thought I was making the world safe for democracy when I really was just big muscle for big business. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. and he came to that realization of how he had been used basically not to to make America safe, but to make the world safe for businesses to exploit mm-hmm. people across uh, this planet. And that's what we have to recognize, right. that, 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 that while we get caught up in these nationalistic identities and stuff, big business respects no national bounds. Right. All they see is resources to mm-hmm. be exploited and labor to be exploited. Right. right? So w- once you get wrap your mind around that, we can join hands across all of these lines, these artificial barriers mm-hmm. that we put up. Okay, I'm black, you're white. Okay, that's a, that's, it's a fact. But what does that have to do with what we need to survive? You need food, I need mm-hmm. food. You need clothing, I need clothing. I need a roof over my head, you need a roof over right. my head. So how do we work together on that? You know, that has nothing to do with buddy, buddy. That has to do mm-hmm. with being grown and recognizing mm-hmm. what we need to do to ensure our well-being. Right. Uh, in, a, you, in this society. You mentioned that capital respects no borders. People talk no. about open borders no. like it's a scary thing. People talk no. about South American and Central American immigrants coming here like it's a scary thing. I will tell you that we already have open borders yes. and we have yes. had open borders for decades. But open borders for who? Open borders for capital, open borders for business, open borders for American companies to go overseas and exploit uh, foreign workers, pay them cents on the dollar of what they could pay American labor, what they could pay American union labor. They're going over and essentially making slaves of folks over all, uh, all over in the uh, other side of the world, and they do that on the other side of the world partially because it's out of sight, out of mind. Right. We, don't, we don't see them... 12-year-old Vietnamese kids being forced under under the lash to loose fingers on uh, right. sewing machines. We don't see all that. We don't see all the exploitation that goes on every day, daily, by American corporations. Right. We don't... And in America itself. And yes. in America... Right. Picking fruits and vegetables. 
Yeah. They want undocumented workers mm-hmm. because they have no rights. Right. They want undocumented workers here because they have no rights. It's, you know, it, uh, we, we've got a way, like, we've already got open borders. The question is, who are we going to have open borders for? Are we going to treat our immigrant brothers and sisters respectfully and humanely and with empathy? Or are we just going to let our big businesses and corporations and oligopolies exploit them and exploit us and put pit us against each other? Well, this is what uh, uh, many politicians do. They get up and they whip their base up. Uh, you know, we're going to stop all this immigration. They do that. that that's their voting base. Mm-hmm. But they wink at the people, with, at the money folk and say, you know we're not going to stop this because I know right. you need that cheap labor. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the game. That here's, is played, and we need here, to peep that. Here's an ex- <laughs> uh, here's the perfect example of the game that, yeah. that, that that we're talking about. Remember that ice raid in Mississippi. There you go. That you ice go. raid in Mississippi. There was a chicken plant that had immigrant workers in there. That they was union. This was a union plant. They won a sexual harassment lawsuit for millions of dollars, and the and the company tipped off ICE and said there are undocumented workers in here. We didn't know anything about it. And like six hundred people were arrested. Right. Six hundred people were arrested by ICE agents and took out of the country. And then after that, the Mississippi Department of Labor advertised their uh, career day. I mean that is that is fascism, folks. Right. That is when the government, when agents of the state use violent force to extract yes. Yes. and deport our brothers and sisters, and then use their resources to yep. advertise for these companies that reported them. Right. That's fascism. Yes, that is evil. That is evil, and and the yep. labor movement, we can't stand for that. Yeah. Uh, again, you know, we just got to we we got to we got to really grow up fast. And not fall prey to the old okie doke of, uh, of the past, and and to see who our real enemy is. That's right. Uh, who our real enemy is, and it's not the, the the it's not the working Joe out here just trying to make a living, just no. trying to make it from day to day. But is 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 the person who is robbing workers of their value each and every day uh, by putting their hands on the, the 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 scales of legislation by having legislation passed and creating a legal environment that actually puts the clamps on workers and mm-hmm. and, and 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 finds all kind of ways to siphon off what they do what they've already been robbed of and then what they get then we try to find other ways to siphon more of it off you get what i'm saying mm-hmm. so so we we've just we we've just got to open our eyes and see that we have a grand opportunity this uh, there's a lot of people in our society but i, I think there's great opportunity for mm-hmm. us to, to to take a quantum leap forward uh, together, and, and to and for all workers to be to be made whole and to me and to and to to have the value returned to them that they produce. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's uh, it, it's in, um, it's incredibly important to make sure that we stand together. Um, uh, you know, your enemy is not it, it's not workers of a different color. It's not workers of a different national origin. Nope. The person nope. that is that is uh, keeping you from the things that you have earned, the person that is, the the people that are um, exploiting your labor, that are keeping the value that you produce for them and not giving it to you, it's not those folks. It's right. the folks at the top, and we've got to focus our anger and our agitation where it belongs. Well, you got forty million people have applied for unemployment uh, mm-hmm. since this pandemic hit, and yet the top one percent have seen their wealth skyrocket. Mm-hmm. How is that? Yeah. That you have 40 million people who are out here floundering, and yet the richest people on the planet mm-hmm. have seen their wealth increase by 20%. Something is wrong with that. Yeah, Something is wrong with that picture. 
so we we've got to we just got to get smart uh, and just open our eyes and see what's right in front of us. It's really not hard to see. No. <laughs> this is not like something that's hidden. We just have to call a thing what it is and then act on the base basis of what we see to work together to make life better for everybody. Right, and and you know if you're if you're listening and you're thinking. Well, you know, I don't know if I agree with everything that they're saying, but this this union stuff that that sounds interesting. Reach out to us. You know, we're on right. Facebook, we're on Twitter. Talk, we will talk to you. Like this is what David and I. This is our work. Okay, this is what we do. We want to organize workers, and I don't. We talked to nurses last week. One of them described himself as a constitutionalist, Christian, conservative, and the other one talked to, said he was an ultra liberal. Right? The union is for everybody, and I don't care particularly what you're going to do in November. Now, if you're going to go and vote for Trump in November, I'll, I'll tell you all day that I think you're wrong, and I think you're misguided, and I'll tell you why. But. You're my brother. You're my sister. And we all have got to come together. And so whatever you're going to do in November, if you want to organize your workplace, which is the the, the, the best and, and really the only way that you're going to make material advances in your life and yes, for yourself yes. and for your fellow workers. Um, and if you've got questions, like I said, reach out to us. We'll put you in touch with somebody that'll, that'll organize you, that, that'll teach you how to organize. So, um, uh, Brother Bentley, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks, man. Yeah. Looking, uh, looking forward to working with y'all. Y'all yes. doing good work here. Keep it up. Yes, sir. All right. All right. This is the Valley Labor Report. Stay tuned. We have got the national president for the American Federation of Government Employees up next. You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison. The attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years, providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time, but the attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtandj.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms. The Valley Labor Report is also supported by listeners like you. If you value the work that we are doing, injecting a different perspective into talk radio, and you have the means, consider signing up for a monthly donation on patreon.com slash thevalleylaborreport. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash thevalleylaborreport to support our work and keep us on the air. Hometown Action is pleased to support the launch of the Valley Labor Report because they know that myself and David support their values. They're a power-building collective of small-town, rural, and working-class Alabamians fighting to build inclusive and sustainable communities where all residents can thrive. They invite you to find out more about them online by visiting their website, www.hometownaction.org, and on social media. Please join them in advocating for a stronger labor movement in Alabama. The American Federation of Government Employees, AFGE Local 1858, believes all workers are entitled to fairness, dignity, and respect. 
AFGE also knows that the best way to guarantee proper treatment is for workers to stand together, united, looking out for each other. In AFGE, we fight for workers every day to ensure a workplace that is safe and free from harassment. If you're a federal employee and want to be a part of this union to protect yourself and your fellow workers, call 256-876-4880. The attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years, providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time, but the attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtandj.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms. This is the Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison here with my co-host David Story. In the studio, we have got the national president for the American Federation of Government Employees, Reverend Everett Kelly. He represents nearly a million federal employees across the United States. He's going to be speaking at our Labor for Black Lives rally this afternoon at 4 p.m. We're so excited to have him in the studio. And so, uh, uh, Reverend, I said in the opening that you were the uh, uh, the first black president of your local down in Anniston. Uh, and he came out of Anniston Army Depot, got an Alabama native here. And so um, I, I would, I, I'm just genuinely interested, and I think the audience would be, in, in what was it like, and tell us the time period, what was it like coming up as a, as a black man in the union, being the first black man elected president, and, and what are some of the things that you went through, what are some of the things that the union has done for you, what are some of the things that you have done for the union, just, just kind of talk to us about what your life has been going up through the union. Thank you, Jacob. It's good to be here. I want you to know that. And uh, just want you to know that I'm proud to represent over 750,000 uh, federal and D.C. workers. Um, but, you know, uh, I've been a part of the labor movement uh, since 1981. Uh, matter of fact, I joined the union uh, in August of 1981 and have not ever thought about you know, I shouldn't be in or I should get out or anything like that. Never crossed my mind. Although at the same time, uh, you know, I hadn't always been satisfied, you know, with the decisions uh, that were made in my union. Uh, hadn't always been satisfied with the actions that was taken. Uh, but I knew that, you know, that was a greater good. I knew that I needed to still be involved because, you know, myself personally, um, you know, I have to say this. Um I was actively involved in the situation, and my union, in my opinion, did not represent me well, okay? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, you know, uh, I could get out, mm -hmm. but I've always been a spiritual person. I've always been a praying man, and I began to just pray about it, and God just said to me, well, you could get out, or you could get in. And I'm saying, okay, I'm already in. <laughs> God spoke to me. He said, no, I mean involved. Okay, mm -hmm. and so I said, you know what? I can get involved in my union. I can make sure that no one else is treated the way I was treated. You know, uh, in my uh, uh, dealing with that particular situation. But uh, being the first African American 
uh, union president at Anniston Army Depot uh, was not in the beginning a pleasant sight. Hmm. Um, initially, um, I was the executive vice president to uh, my mentor, who was Charlotte Flowers, who was the president of the union when I really got involved. Uh, she mentored me, and each day she would always tell me, you know, you need to know what I know mm. because anything could happen to me on my way home. And mind you, Charlotte Flowers was not an African-American female. Uh, she was a Caucasian female, okay? Uh, and uh, she taught me how to be a unionist. Well, there were some people that fought against her because she knew, they knew, that she had some political aspirations. And by me being the executive vice president, if anything happened to her, then I would become the president of the union. And so they fought that. But she stood up and said he is the best qualified for this position. And she stood her grounds, continued to teach me. And guess what? She ran for national uh, vice president of the district and won. Hmm. <laughs> so there I was, thrust into <laughs> that position, right? Right. And it met with a lot of opposition because mm. you got to understand Anniston, Alabama, has not always been friendly to African Americans. As you know, uh, there's uh, uh, it's known for the 202 bus burning, mm. okay, where a lot of racism took place. And it was a lot of those um, people still working around that area that was a part of that event. And we're talking about in the year of 2002 mm. when I became president of my union and you know people didn't like the idea that you know as an African American you will be leading this union mm. um, I have been in my yard working people come through and call me names they will use the n-word um, my house was shot into mm. dead cats was placed in my driveway. Urine will be placed in my mailbox. All kind of things such as this. Cars, houses, egged. I had a business, um, a cabinet business, uh, not too far from where I lived. And they would come and they would knock the windows out. They would hang signs up saying Ku Klux Klan, country, all kind of things such as this. Okay, so it wasn't a pleasant uh, sight initially, but I didn't give in because I knew my calling was to make my union better. Okay, um, you know, and so people began to see that I was interested in doing just that. Um, and that kind of subsided because they saw I wasn't going into place. Okay, and um, from that point, um, I didn't have anybody to ever run against me because I think that my record stood for itself. Mm -hmm. um, the ability for me to represent all employees, even some of the ones that came against me initially, I ended up having to represent. And then they mm -hmm. began to see the quality uh, that was within me. And then they began to trust me a little bit more. But it's sad, though, that... Uh, you know, you have to go through those things simply because of the color of your skin, mm -hmm. you know. Right. Yeah, even, you know, I, I, I'll tell you this, even like, you know, my houses, you know, uh, in Alabama, and especially 
in Oxford, in Anniston, Alabama, there is a, a book bulletin called um, called uh, um, Buy and Sell. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would even take my automobiles and my home, place them in the buy sale ads with my phone number on wow. <laughs> You know, So that's the type of harassment that I went through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's society. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and we're so glad that you endured that and, and continued to work for the union, even though even though you know a lot of the folks in in the community were were against you because um like we've been talking about the whole the whole this show and the whole existence of the show the labor movement unions are the best way for workers of all colors to advance their uh position in society and so it's just so important that we have dedicated and and um committed folks in leadership and in the rank and file and and all throughout the union uh so thank thank you for your service uh thank you for what you've gone through um Thank you for putting up with it, brother. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. So uh, that was uh, Reverend Everett Kelly. He's a national president of the American Federation of Government Employees, representing more than 750,000 federal employees across the United States. This has been the Valley Labor Report with Jacob Morrison and David Story. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And uh, you can help support the show at patreon.com slash thevalleylaborreport. Be back next week.